Welcome to Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we're continuing our story and journey through Genesis into the story of Sodom and Gomorrah today. Let's make sure that we frame it the way that it begins, though, which was in our last episode. What happened between God and Abraham? I mean, they were bargaining, mm -hmm. trying to see if there were at least 10 righteous people that they could find that they would spare the city. Yeah, and Olivia raised a good point. Why would Abraham push God for that? Because God's character is very gracious. Mm -hmm. So he knows, and that's actually what he's pushing back on God. He's like, you're a just guy. Hang on. <laughs> like, what if there's righteous people there? You're going to treat them the same way that you treat the wicked? Like, that doesn't seem very just. And I know you're just, and I know you're loving and kind. So let's bargain, like, what makes sense? And God allows this. And eventually they hit the point, as Casey said, like, yeah, if there's 10 righteous people there, I won't bring judgment on it. Which, let's phrase Sodom and Gomorrah that way, because we don't know how many people lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, 10 people, it's at least a city, so it's like a bigger population. Uh, I've seen estimates online between, you know, 600 and 500,000, so take that from that's that's a huge. <laughs> Where'd you get that from, like the Yahoo answers? <laughs> well, I mean, one was, I mean, both of them were untrusted. Okay, sites, all right. So I have no idea. <laughs> it doesn't matter because six to five hundred thousand is a very huge gap. Either way, let's say there's even a hundred people there. You know, that's pretty safe. Then we're saying like ten percent of the population, right? And I doubt it was that small. Um, either way, God is apparently very gracious because He's willing to let a city where He's he knows just how bad it is. He's willing to let it continue if there's even a chance of righteous people there. So before we just like, oh, God's all fire and brimstone, let's make sure we've contextualized this passage based on how it starts. Um, God rarely brings about judgment like this in the Bible, almost never. And so we need to recognize that this is, this is a strange passage compared to the way in which God usually carries out his ways. So God goes his own route because he was there in a physical form and then sends the angels to check out Sodom and Gomorrah. Those angels get there uh, and Lot is sitting in the gate of Sodom, which means at the gate is usually where the judge was. Um, and later uh, the people of Sodom are going to tell um, Lot, they're going to call him a judge. So it seems that Lot even though we're questionable about like how good his morals were, he seems to be one of the only people around who has any if he's operating as a judge. The question, I'm confused why judges were at the beginning of cities. Like why, why were judge, judges at like the gates of a city? Um, the, the gate was similar to like a civic or community center and the citizens often did business there. Uh, it's where the elders sat, public meetings were held, legal disputes were educated. Okay. And I quoted all those things because I don't use words like educated. <laughs> you didn't think I'd have an answer, did you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was just a... Yeah, it's a cultural thing. In their time, like that was the area. We think of the courthouse downtown. Mm -hmm. For them, they think of the city gate. Uh, so, 
Lot may not be the greatest guy based on some of the things we're about to see him offer and do, but at least in comparison to the area, he represents some kind of form of caring <laughs> about living better, you know, like, because he's someone who should be making judgments when people come to him for, for answers. Uh, so he sees the angels, he runs to them, and immediately you get the impression that this is not a safe place. Uh, he says, please turn aside to your servant's house. Spend the night, wash your feet. Abraham did something like that. So like, oh, you know, very hospitable culture. Like, that's nice. Uh, so he was entertaining angels? Entertaining angels by the light of Yes, so he invites them over, which sounds like just very hospitable. Ah, welcome to town. Come stay at my house. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he's like, then, you know, after you've done that, you can rise up early and go on your way. And the angels respond, no, we'll spend the night in the town square. And then it says, well, Lot pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. Uh, why is Lot pressing them so strongly? Like, because the town square is not a safe place. Yeah, as the judge of the area, I'm under the impression that he knows. Like, this is like sleeping in an alleyway of... Like, so to picture this, I'm like, the, the picture that I'm getting is like when the sun goes down, the purge starts to happen. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's maybe a good image of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Like, like that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking in my head of just like, everything going crazy wild. Like, when the sun goes down, is like, the 24-hour clock begins, you know? Yeah, well, there's, there almost seems to be, like, urgency in his voice. Like, you don't know what comes out when the, <laughs> when the sun goes down. Uh, and him saying he pressed him strongly, like, come to my house, he presses him strongly. It's actually the same phrase that's going to be used when, like, these people are pressing strongly on the door to mm. get inside. So, like, there's these... Hebrew overlapping phrases of there's there's a reason I'm forcing or yeah. forcing or forceful and it makes sense that the judge of the area would be the one who's like no 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 you know you gotta <laughs> all right so Lot brings him over um, and before these angels lie down go to bed the men of the city the men of Sodom both young and old all people to the last man surrounded the house. That's a very <laughs> intense statement, right? Why yes. do they say men three times? I would say that part of the reason we have like this overly redundant statement, because we just said the same thing like four times, mm -hmm. is because we're trying to make clear there are no righteous people here. Everybody showed up. Everybody's here to like rape the angels or watch or something atrocious. Uh, like the whole place is is as bad as it sounded like it would be. And Lot knew this, right? Like you got to come stay at my house. You don't want to be out when the sun goes down. Uh, and so this is why, because this is how the city behaves, which is a very like it's startling and it's supposed to be. We're supposed to look at that and be like, in what culture would you walk into a city and the whole city like went out? You see new people? Yeah, new people. Let's go have sex with them. Like, it's just 
like the whole town come together. If that seems startling or weird or absurd to you, it's on purpose. Like the Bible wants you to understand like just how uh, wicked this area has become. Now, yes, you do have, uh, I think part of the reason it does push back on the reason that there's men here three times is because they are going to say like, bring them out that we may know them. And no, in the Bible, that's a very, in the Hebrew especially, no is a very, uh, can be a very sexual word, right? We uh, know is to, like, Adam knew his wife, things like that. Uh, and since Eden is framed, order, we've done a few episodes on order in the Bible. Since Eden is framed as this is God's order that he set up, uh, and it has man and woman together knowing each other, and that's within God's order. Then Eden, I would say part of the reason that they're drawing attention to the fact that it's all these men who are showing up to rape these men, is that, yes, they are saying, like, there is this uh, disorder within Sodom and Gomorrah that it's, like, anti-Eden, if you will. They're not embracing the order that God's put in place. I also think you'll see people like Paul refer back to this passage uh, and I don't know if he's referring to this passage explicitly, but Paul's going to talk about men pursuing men, women pursuing women as all this like um, uh, disorder or people giving themselves over to um, their own desires type thing. Um, but that is not the only things going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. In fact, people today uh, like to draw attention to a, a prophet who calls out some other things that Sodom and Gomorrah were guilty for. In Ezekiel 16, 49, uh, Ezekiel says, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. They were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it. Uh, so you see, like, Sodom and Gomorrah has just pursued... Uh, like complete injustice in all different kinds of ways. The poor and needy are afflicted, which is a huge deal in the Bible. That's something that the false gods are guilty of. That's something that um, uh, humans are guilty of. And it's something that Jesus separates sheep, sheep and goats between. How have you treated the poor among you? So like, that's a big deal. Sodom and Gomorrah, yes, you have like the crazy story of, hey, new people are in town, let's rape them alongside unorder, alongside social injustice. Like the place is, is being pictured as just being completely devoid of any interest in God, any interest in justice. And the only person there in the story who maybe serves as like a, a moral person, like with, you know, Lot as like the judge. First off, he's not that great, but he's he seems to be the only person in this narrative who's like, trying who's not with the crowd <laughs> mm -hmm. uh even though his answers are completely inappropriate and i think the bible totally wants you to pick up on that um so with all these things going throughout the story like again stories like sodom and gomorrah are rare god is not just angry looking to blow everything up god is hopeful that things will turn around god has trust in his righteous people God is interested in protecting righteous people. Uh, but the verse that we quoted, the favorite verse of the Bible, right? 
God is loving, compassionate, slow to anger, but of course he cares about justice. Those things have to go hand in hand. Can you really love someone if you don't care about justice? There's a question to consider. Right. Because the Bible, like the whole way through, is always asking God about justice. Like, why is this happening to us? It's not fair. <laughs> don't you care? And God's answer is, yes, I do care. Uh, and sometimes he carries out justice in extreme rare circumstances like this. But often the ultimate example of justice in the Bible is you just need to wait. I will deal with everything in time. And that is the end of this age and the beginning of the next. That's when the lake of fire is pulled out and all of Hades is emptied before God's throne. That is the ultimate Sodom and Gomorrah moment of justice where God says, okay, you have hurt my children. You uh, have martyred my Christians, uh, and I let you get away with it. I was gracious and slow to anger. Today is the ultimate day where everyone's going to have to own up. And those who um, partner, you know, have given their lives to follow Jesus are welcome into heaven, whereas everyone else who's just like, no, forget all that. Like, we don't care about you, God. We're not going to pursue your character or anything like that. That's like the ultimate, like, okay, then, you know, the lake of fire is the end of you. <laughs> and that's a whole nother thing we'll get in sometime for me. The uh, hell is not um, like eternal torture. It is like complete ending because that's what it is for spiritual beings. That's what it is for the human beings as well who are not immortal. So. Well, we do ourselves an injustice when we balance all of our attention on passages like this. <laughs> passages like this are supposed to stick out and get our attention. The Bible is going to reference it plenty. But passages like this are not supposed to become the way that we like think of God in full form. Just like angry, bloodthirsty, ready to... So this is the exception, not the rule. Yes. Right. It, is, it is a intense exception and for that reason is mentioned a lot in the bible but this is also uncharacteristic of how life usually goes so make sure that you bring this passage into full context and that you subject it to the full character of god yes god is loving compassionate and gracious yeah he also does care about justice and in extreme extreme circumstances might have to do extreme things. With all that being said, you know the drill. Be sure to share the video, give they it a like. They don't know the drill, but you know the drill. <laughs> I'm just Join kidding. us on the Discord. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Hit the bell. Bye.